And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, then redeem it. Awesome. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And, and the guy said, I will redeem it. Man, you could just imagine what was going through his heart at that time. He loves Ruth, man. He loves Ruth. Ruth loves him. He was hoping that he, this guy would say no so that he could redeem uh, not just the property, but Ruth. Right? And so all of a sudden, he brings his case before the, before the nearest relative. And the guy says, yeah, man, I'll redeem it. And so along with the property, he then technically, he got Ruth also. And so you could just imagine, boy, man, his heart just dropped at that right moment. It was just shattering to a million pieces. Oh, Ruth. Right? My love, man, the one I love, man, I just lost her. Technically, legally, and, and he knew that, right? He knew, he knew going into this that he was taking a risk and that he could lose her, right? But he wanted to do things right, the right way, legally, right? And so we see that, uh, that he said, I will redeem it. And then verse 5 of chapter 4 says, Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And so now uh, Boaz is telling him, all right, man, he says, you can buy the land, but just know that, you know, that, that along with the land comes this Moabite woman. It's not just a land, you know, but it comes, it comes with, a, with, you know, it also comes with a woman. It's not just a land, but it comes with a Moabite woman. Not just any woman, but a Moabite woman, right? And so keep in mind that for them, they've been told their whole life to stay away from the Moabites, stay away from the Amalekites, don't marry their women, don't, you know, let your, let your, let your women marry their men, stay away from them, right? It's, they're not supposed to even come near him. So to them, they're like, oh, the Moabites, that's like, man, you know, we don't want anything to do with these people, right? And so now all of a sudden, this nearest relative here is, oh, man, this land comes with a woman who I have to redeem, <laughs> a Ruth. And so notice his response. There in verse 6, it says, And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself. He says, lest I ruin my own inheritance. He says, you redeem it. He says, you redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, all of a sudden, this guy hears that, that there's this awesome piece of land. He wants the land. He wants the property, but he doesn't want the woman. He doesn't want Ruth, right? So he tells Boaz, you know what? I can't redeem it, man. You, you could have it. You could have it, right? If it comes with this woman, he says, you could have it. I don't want the woman, and I don't want the land if she comes along with the, with the land. Right? And so verse 7 says, Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to another. Remember we read earlier. And this was the confirmation in Israel. In verse 8, Therefore the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourselves that you could have it. So he took off his sandal and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that is Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. And so, again, they're there at the town hall, at the city hall. And so as this little exchange is going on, you know, uh, uh, the relative gives him his sandal. And, and, and Boaz lifts it up in front of the, all the elders, which will be like witnesses. He says, look, man, you guys are a witness that you were making a legal transaction here. Right? He, he's refusing the land. He's refusing to, to redeem the land and to redeem the mobile woman. And so you guys are all witnesses that I'm, I'm the legal owner now. Right? We, we, made a, we, had, we made a legal transaction. And verse 10 says, Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his, through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses to this day. 
And verse 11, and all the people who were, who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel and may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. And so, man, Boaz is excited, man. He's happy. He's ecstatic. He's like, all right, you guys are a witness. You, you look, I have a sandal. You guys are all, you know, witnesses uh, that, that, that I bought the land from him, that it belongs to me. And not just the land, but now that, that Ruth the Moabitess also I have redeemed for myself as my wife. Now, this is amazing because and it's interesting. And it's also, it's, it's, it's awesome. Because this nearest relative, he wanted the land. All he, all he cared about was the land. It was an awesome piece of property. He wanted the land. He didn't, he, he didn't want anything to do with the woman. He's like, man, no way. He says, I don't want the land if it comes with this woman. Right? Now, Boaz didn't care about the land. He just wanted the woman. He just wanted Ruth. The other guy, he wanted the land, didn't want Ruth. Didn't care for Ruth. Didn't want Ruth. Didn't even want to be part of Ruth. He didn't, he didn't want to touch her. He didn't want to see her. He didn't want anything to do with Ruth. Boaz didn't care about the land. He could care less about the land. What he wanted was Ruth. Right? Now, this, this, is, uh, this is beautiful. <laughs> Actually, you know, it, it's, it's amazing because uh, we have a... There's a New Testament parable, you know, that Jesus gives there in Matthew, Matthew 13. If you guys want to turn to Matthew 13, verse 44. Jesus, as he's giving all these parables in, in Matthew 14, one of the parables that he gives is uh, the parable of the hidden treasures called. And there in Matthew 13, 1344, it says the, the, the parable of the hidden treasure. And Jesus gives this parable uh, to his disciples and to all those who are listening. He says this in Matthew 1344, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has so he can buy that field. And so Jesus, he gives this parable of a man who is walking by, by a field one day, and as he's walking by the field, he finds this treasure. And, and he just gets so joyous, just oh, so excited over this treasure that he finds in this field, that he hides the treasure, he goes home, he sells everything that he owns, in order, to, in order to buy this field so they can have this treasure. Now, this is awesome because this parable and the book of Ruth go, go hand in hand. Why? Because this man, in the parable of the, of, the, of the hidden treasure, this man who was walking the field was Jesus. You know, he gives a parable about himself and about the kingdom of God. And so Jesus says, there was, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man, a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has to buy that field. That treasure is you and I. Mm -hmm. That field is the world. And we're told in this parable that, that this man, he's walking this field and he sells all that he has so you could buy this field, so you could redeem this treasure. Right? Going back to the story of Ruth, that, the other relative, he wanted the field. He didn't want the treasure. The treasure was Ruth. He wanted the field. He didn't want the treasure. Boaz wanted the treasure. He didn't care about the field. And the parable of the, of the hidden treasure, this man who found this treasure, he, he bought the field, but he wanted the treasure. He bought the field, but he really wanted the treasure. He didn't care about the field. He just wanted the treasure. So he sold all that he had so he could purchase his field because he wanted the treasure in the field. He didn't care about the field. And Jesus, what he did, man, is that he left glory. You know, he's, he was up there in heaven with... Uh, Trillions upon trillions of angels surrounding him at all times, just uh, yelling out, holy, 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 worshiping him. And so Jesus left the glory of heaven to come down to the earth to purchase this field called earth. Not because he wanted earth, but because he wanted the treasure in the earth, which is you and I. 
right? So he could redeem the treasure in the earth. He bought the earth. How did he buy it? With his own blood. You know, by dying on that cross, he redeemed the field, which is the earth, so he could obtain the treasure in the field, which is you and I. He didn't care about the earth. He doesn't care about the earth. The earth is going to be made new. But he wanted it was us. And so he purchased, he left glory to purchase the earth to have this treasure. Again, just like that story in the book of Ruth, that this guy didn't want the this guy, this guy, did he, Boaz didn't want the, he didn't want the field, man. He didn't want the, the possessions. He wanted the treasure. He wanted Ruth. Amazing, man. Amazing because, again, it speaks of the love that, that God has for us. You know, it, it speaks of the love of Jesus Christ that he will leave glory, that he will leave, you know, the, the, the treasures of heaven in order to come to this earth so he can redeem the, the world, not because he wants the world, but because he wants you and I. Right? We're that hidden treasure. We're that, we're, 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 that, we're that treasure that's hidden in the field. Man, we're like Ruth, in a sense, to, to the Lord. We're like Ruth. Right? God came down to the earth. Doesn't care about the earth. He wants us, man. He wants Ruth. He wants, we're the Ruths, right, of, of the story. And so it goes on to say there, there in the book of Ruth. Uh, I'm sorry. I lost my place. So it goes on to say there, there in the book of Ruth, chapter 4. It says, 13, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her a conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. So man, we see that, that the Lord now blessed their marriage, right? And, and he, he gave him a son. And so now Naomi is, is a grandma. You know, man, she first, here she goes from having nothing. She loses her husband, loses her two sons. She's stuck with these two um, uh, Moabite daughters-in-law. One of them goes back home. Ruth stays with her. Man, Ruth ends up, you know, fighting for her, you know, being a, just a, a virtuous unto her, right? Now she marries Boaz and the Lord redeems Naomi as well. She went from having nothing, from having managed, right? She said, call me, don't call me uh, pleasant, call me bitter, because the Lord's been bitter with me, right? She goes from being bitter to now all of a sudden, man, the Lord has blessed me. And everyone's recognizing, man, God, has it, God had his eye upon you the whole time. And here she is, man. She's going through all this, and you can imagine what's going through her mind. Man, I messed up. I'm bitter now. I'm, I knew we shouldn't have left Bethlehem. Now, you know, I deserve all this. Whatever happened to me, you know, I deserve all this because I disobeyed the Lord. And she's going through all these years, 10 years, in bitterness. And all of a sudden, at the end of her life, she's saying, man, God had a plan the whole time. God was in control the whole time. God is using now uh, Ruth, this Moabite woman who everyone hates. You know, Now he, God is using this woman to bless me. And so now she has a grandchild. And we see that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that now Naomi gets to, gets to be you know, a grandma now. And verse 17 says, also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. Now look at this. It says, Obed says, he is the father of Jesse, the father of David, King David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. It goes now, we have it a little, it goes a little backwards in time. It says, Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, King David. Ah, God had a plan all along, all along. Here's Naomi, and uh, she loses her husband, she loses her two sons, she left with this Moabite woman. She's thinking, man, God's it, God's punishment has come upon me, I lost everything, I have no hope, I have nothing left. And yet, God is going to bless her with being the grandma, the great grandma to the king of Israel. 
right? And more than that, the great, great, great grandma of <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? Because through, through Boaz, their, their son Obed, they had a, a son Obed, Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had many sons, but among one of them, we're, we're told that one of those sons was David, who became the second king of Israel, and through him came the lineage of the Messiah, uh, Jesus Christ. Amazing. Amazing how, how God would just use the story of just redemption, right? To just show us uh, how God can redeem situations, right? Even the most bitter ones. And just for us to see that, man, God's in control the whole time, right? His sovereign hand is working behind the scenes. We've been talking about it these past few weeks. It seems like all of us are getting hit with all kinds of stuff, you know, all the time. And we don't know, like, what's going to happen next. And we're like, Lord, man, this caught us by surprise. What's going on? Are we in sin? Or what's, you know, what do we got to do? And yet, I trust fully that God is working behind the scenes, right? And our families and maybe our, our, our households and our sicknesses and our illnesses and our whatever and our defeats and those moments of bitterness, like how Naomi had those moments of bitterness, right? Don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. Mm-hmm. She said, call, call me Mara. Amen. God's working in that bitterness and, and God's turning that bitterness into sweetness, right? She wow. never, into sweetness. Mm-hmm. She never could have imagined what God was going to do through that whole situation. There's this verse... In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20, that says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or even imagine. Talking about God. And that's God, man. That God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Paul, when he says exceedingly, abundantly, there in the book of Ephesians, he makes up his own words. There's no Greek word to, to, for that word, exceedingly, abundantly. It's, it's like he's making up his own words and he's just throwing the best words like, you say, man, to him who they would do exceedingly, more than exceedingly, abundantly, you know, not, not more than abundantly, above all that we could ask or even imagine. And that's God. You know, that he does exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could even imagine. Naomi had no idea what was going to come of this. Ruth had no idea what was going to come of this. Not even uh, Boaz had any idea of what was going to come to this, right? He was just trusting the Lord. He was trusting that, all right, I'm going to risk it all. I'm going to do things right. Right? And again, that speaks of, of Jesus because, again, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Right? He, he, back to that parable. He left it all, left the glories of heaven, sold all that he had, like it says in that parable, to come to the earth, to redeem the earth. Doesn't care about the earth, but he cares about us, the treasure in the earth, you and I, right? to redeem us. And now, for, just like this, uh, this kinsman redeemer had to be a near relative, hey, Jesus had to become a near relative of ours. And so what did he do? He took on humanity. He added humanity to his deity. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, Paul calls him the last Adam. There's this legal transaction that, that, that took place here in the book of Ruth. And with our redemption, you know, now talking about getting a little bit into theology. For our redemption, there is this legal transaction that took place. There in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 3, when, when, uh, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a legal transaction that took place. God gave dominion to Adam and Eve. He gave dominion to Adam, actually. You know, Eve was under him, but God gave dominion of the whole earth to Adam. Now, when Adam sinned, he handed over the dominion to Satan, legally. Satan couldn't strip it from him. He couldn't take it from him forcefully. So what did he do is that he caused, Satan, he caused Adam to sin. And in Adam sin, sinning, he, he willingly gave it over to Satan. He gave him the dominion over the earth. And so God, if he wanted to, what he could have done, he could have just came down here, kicked Satan's butt, took it back, say, hey, man, you're not supposed to have this in the first place. He could have done that. But no, God is so true to His word. He's a God of order. He's a God of justice. He's gonna. He's not gonna. You know. He's gonna do things right. And so what He did is that He brought this kingdom redeemer, Jesus, took on humanity, and by Jesus coming onto this earth and living a sinless life, 
dying and, and having victory over sin because he, he, he died a, sin, a sinless man. Now the Bible calls him the last Adam because now as Jesus resurrected, what took place was a legal transaction is that now he took back the possession of the world, right? Possession of that, of that dominion. And now through him, we can have that dominion again through his victory now on the cross. Amazing. Amazing how, again, Jesus is just intertwined throughout the whole books of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Everything points back to the Lord. Everything points back to Christ, right? There's not one book of the Bible that is not about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. And we see him intertwined in the, in the pages of Scripture. Amen? Amen. Let me just pray. Father.